Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good morning to you, baseball fans. It is inside the clubhouse. He is Bruce Levine. I am Matt Spiegel. And Bruce, it is uh, it is one thing that we do. We are not prisoners of the moment. We like to expand and look at the big picture for both ball clubs here in town. But it is nice on this morning to be broadcasting after a win from both of them. After a win from both of them and a sensational night for Eli Jimenez of the White Sox. And the Cubs, Wilson Contreras, two homers each, and a night to remember certainly for Jimenez as he uh, hit historic home runs in Yankee Stadium. What what better way to start your career than in the house that Ruth built next door, uh, <laughs> hitting two home runs uh, after you know a good start? I mean, people were were watching him, uh, you know, get base hits the last few weeks, hitting three hundred coming into this game. And then uh, hitting two big bombs at the Yankee Stadium, and hopefully that's going to help the White Sox take off after they uh, they they had a rain shortened nine six win last night. Uh, the first homer off a two one fastball, and then the second one came on a one one fastball. This was how it sounded on TV. Him as a drive deep left field once again. No chance. He did it one more time. We told you it was the first of many. We didn't necessarily mean tonight. It's 8-6. This hour of the score brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Beautiful, easy power from Eloy Jimenez. Let's discuss it in a moment there, Bruce. Absolutely. Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook. Your home for the best food in Chicagoland. The checklist, the best deli, no doubt. The best restaurant, certainly the finest bakery on the North Shore, without question. Max and Benny's has full dinners from 4 to 9 p.m., seven days a week, featuring all the staples and the freshest whitefish and salmon in the city. The greatest soups warm the body and the soul. Private party rooms and meeting rooms from 10 to 150 people available. Catering is king at Max and Benny's. Contact John at MaxandBennies.com. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Only Max and Benny's, where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. Kind of like the home runs that were hit yesterday by Rizzo, Contreras, Jimenez. Wind blowing out 20 miles an hour. 472-foot home run by Anthony Rizzo. Oh, my 460, the first one by... Um, Contreras. I don't think they needed help, but that ball that um, Rizzo hit was uh, the 
longest of his career. It missed going out completely out of the expanded bleachers in right field by probably about two feet. That was about it. But uh, that is quite a cloud. People forget how much the bleachers have been expanded at Wrigley Field to the point where it takes a 480-foot blow to right center field to get out. Yeah, the, um, the, the ball hawks don't really hang out on Sheffield too much anymore. No. They don't bother no. to, to waste their time. Both of Contreras has went to Waveland. But Jimenez is the story to me. It, it's, it's, he doesn't have a lot of swing and miss to his game, which is exciting in the first place. Because you haven't seen him strike out and look awful that often here um, in the early going. But the power hadn't been there. The first extra base hit comes a few days ago. And then these two bombs, and as I say, the easy power, it just it doesn't take a lot to get that ball right. to rocket off his bat. And, and you're going to see a lot of balls hit to right field, too, because that that's the beauty of, of his hitting technique is that he hits the ball hard everywhere and... Uh, Right now, I think we're going to probably bring on somebody that can give us a little bit more expertise into the way that uh, Eloy Jimenez hits a ball. Yeah, he comes to the big leagues with the long-term contract signed with the security of knowing he's going to get lots and lots of millions of dollars. And the White Sox fans get the security of knowing that Jimenez is going to be here. And in fact, they got him from opening day, which they might not have because of the service time issue. And the White Sox uh, director of player development is Chris Getz. We're going to speak with him in a few minutes about everybody that's there in the system that folks are interested in. You know, Matt, he he talked to me uh, a little bit last week about how he's just going for his base hits and trying to feel comfortable up there. Now we are... uh, uh, excited to bring in the player de- player development director of the Chicago White Sox, Chris Getz, joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, we're we're feeling pretty good about your uh, your left fielder. I mean, uh, what a nice night and nice win for you guys. And if anything uh, looks great uh, for the White Sox after a kind of a slow start, it's the night that Jimenez had last night. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, just watching. Uh, Eloy for now a couple years and watching early on here, you know, you could tell he wasn't quite clicking, but he was still getting his hits. Um, and it was just a matter of time until he got comfortable and, and his body was going to get in sync and, and, you know, start driving the ball um, like we've been accustomed to see. And he, he did it last night. It was, it was great to see very, very cool moment for, for him and his family, along with the White Sox organization and I'm sure the fans it's it's rare for people to talk about a prospect like folks talk about Eloy with kind of a sense of assurance that he's going to be very very special what is it about the approach Chris and uh, what is it about him at the plate that makes people so confident that the success is going to come well just mechanically it's a it's a pretty uh efficient swing there's there's some real naturalness to it he he knows kind of where his, his hands are supposed to be slotted. Um, and then it's just a, a pole-to-pole approach. I mean, he, he can drive the ball opposite way, certainly the middle of the field uh, and the pole side. He doesn't need to try to do anything. Um, so he just needs to stay within himself. He's a, he's a big, strong, uh, mobile kid that, uh, that really can just repeat his swing regularly. So, you know, when you just kind of look at those agree- ingredients, it's just a – um, I don't know. It's a nice recipe for offensive success. He, um, I was texting up and back with uh, one of your executives last night after his second home run, and uh, 
I, th- I think what the, the agreement was is that uh, there was never any question about the hitability of uh, Jimenez, but the, the dedication from uh, maybe a year and a half ago till now about his conditioning and about the way uh, he checks out his uh, dietary needs uh, has been the difference. And probably the deciding factor to not only go ahead and promote him, but give him that $43 million guaranteed contract. You know, every everyone matures at a, uh, in a different way at a different pace. And, you know, a commitment, you know, every day to take care of yourself and know what you need to do to prepare to go out there and have success. You know, some guys can do it for, you know, every other day, three days a week, and then it becomes four and then it becomes five. But, you know, Eloy, uh, from day one this, this past offseason, he was committed to uh, his body and, and, and certainly nutrition. Um, and it's, it's, it's paid off, you know, and he, it, now he's got to stay on it and he's stay committed just like all other major league players. Cause that's the name of the game. But, um, you know, it's starting to come together for, for, for Eloy. Uh, and I think he's going to, you know, we're going to see some positive results because of it. Luis Robert is off to a great start down there for the Winston Salem dash. I'm wondering if Birmingham is next and, uh, at what point, if that's the thought process, Chris, Chris. Well, we're all enjoying uh, watching what uh, Louis is doing down in Winston Salem. It's it's a good sign when I, you know, I'm getting videos sent to me from people within our organization, outside of the organization, non-baseball people. That's normally a pretty good indication that a, a player's uh, doing okay. Now, it's we're we're a little over a week into the season. Um, granted, we're we're seeing you know a little bit more power than we've seen in the past, at least last season. It just really points to um, the health of his of his hand ultimately, um, but he's he's doing a lot of things. Once again, a guy that's driving the ball to all fields. He's making good decisions at the plate, and with what he's capable of doing from a speed defense, um, I mean, he can really impact the game in a lot of different ways. So, uh, you know, you hate to make any knee jerk decisions based on a little bit over a week's uh, worth of that bat, but he's off to a good start and. Certainly, if uh, he continues to, to have success, you know, he's going to force the hand and, and move forward. Hey, Chris, are there specific coaches you'd like to have a chance to work with Luis, whether it's Charlie Poe, the hitting, catch at, uh, hitting coach at Birmingham, or Omar Vizquel or guys like that? Is Do you think about that in terms of getting these guys uh, developed? You know, there, at times, at times there are certain individuals that really click with others, but, you know, when you, when you put – your, your player development staff together and you, at, at each affiliate, you really want to diversify the staff based on so many different things, right? It could be cultural, it could be uh, experience, positional, uh, you know, personalities, just things like that. And I, I feel like we're in a pretty good spot in terms of what we're providing each player at each level. Uh, so in, in this case, I wouldn't necessarily uh, say that Luis uh, would really perform better with another individual. Obviously, it's, it's working for him well right now with with the group that he's with but there are times yes to answer your question um but i i I generally feel pretty good about uh each group and and i feel like everyone's going to benefit in some way at at any level that they're put at this is inside the clubhouse with matt spiegel and bruce levine our guest chris getz director of player development for the chicago white Sox, and chris uh dylan cease Uh, obviously people are um you know, fans, media, everyone else rushing to get him to the major leagues. Uh, we understand that it's an innings issue. 
uh, for Cease, uh, who had injuries earlier in his career and had 124 innings last year. But what what is your belief? What is the organization's belief in uh, bullets in an arm and innings pitched for a guy that looks like he's ready to climb the ladder of professional baseball to the major leagues? Well, when it comes to looking at a starting pitcher, you just need to build up the innings. You can't have a guy that's thrown 80 innings in his career and then put him in the major leagues and expect him to, to throw close to, you know, 180 to 200 innings. Um, you know, with Dylan, he's a guy, he had 12 starts uh, last year at Double A, and he hasn't been to Triple A yet. Is he a polished right-handed starter who's got a feel for, for four pitches? He sure does. Um, we've got one start under his belt. It's Charlotte. Uh, it was a good one. He's going to pitch again here on Sunday, barring any weather issues. But uh, we really just want to get out, get him out there and, and get comfortable and get the season going for Dylan, and, and who knows where it ends up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, our goal is to build these guys up at a, at a, a gradual pace because, you know, the, there's certainly a lot of uh, research that is done that, that points towards, well, that's just the smart thing to do to, uh, you know, avoid causing any issues. From a, from a health standpoint. So that's the approach we're taking to Dylan, but we do that to all our pitchers. Do you get nervous watching these guys pitch, you know, at other levels, or even when they get to the bigs and it's not a year where contending is necessarily in the cards? Do you get nervous seeing these guys go? No, I, I, I rarely get nervous. I know that it's not going to be, uh, as they transition to a new level, whether it be the minor leagues or the major leagues, that it's going to be a push-button situation every time uh there's a learning curve there's a there's so many different adjustments that you have to go through um and it's baseball right like sometimes you you know luck just needs to come your way and and sometimes you know you uh you're feeling good and all of a sudden you're not and you're going through this skid and you're, you're 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 looking at you know just a week's worth of at bats or innings pitched and uh but they're just louder numbers because of the the size of the sample so um, do I get nervous? No. I mean, I just, I think a very, I take a, try to take an, a, a patient approach, um, to this whole thing to know that, listen, we, we've got a, a, kind of a wider scope on this whole thing. I think that's how you kind of have to view baseball as a whole and certainly understand where we are as an organization and it's, will come together. It may not be come together in, in 24 hours, but, um, it certainly is going to come together in the near future. Chris, uh, give us a couple pitchers that we should watch that might make a transition quickly through the organization. But I, what I mean quickly is, you know, you know, with with you know proper time spent at each level, but you know, a, an ascension that could be quicker. So give some give some of the White Sox fans a couple names that they should keep their eye on. Well, Jimmy Lambert um, is a guy that kind of stands out. I know. People are getting more familiar with him. You know, he was in Major League Camp and made a positive impression, and he had a solid year and off to a nice start at uh, at Birmingham. Um, we've got Lincoln Hensman. He actually is dealing with a, a minor hamstring issue uh, that is in high A, and he's he's missed a couple. Uh, his first, well, he's missed a start. Um, probably missed one more and get back out there. Uh, he, he's a name to, to pay attention to. Um, we've got Alex Hansen back out there and he's, he's, you know, throwing to, to upper nineties again. So mm-hmm. that's nice to see. Um, so there, there are some positives throughout the organization and I look forward to kind of seeing how the, the season unravels here on the pitching front, but, uh, they're coming and, and, and the, the beauty of each season is more and more guys 
kind of taking steps forward that, you, you know, some perhaps you didn't even predict was going to happen. Chris, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, keep up the great work. I know uh, you're going to be a very popular man for the next two or three years, especially with all that great young talent coming through the system. Keep up the good work, and thanks for joining Matt and me today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, and have a great weekend. You okay. too. That's Chris Katz, Director of Player Development for the White Sox. Seriously, I want to know about Sebi Zavala. I want to know about Zach Collins. Yeah, yeah. I want to know about Nick Madrigal. Well, it's good to hear about Alec Hansen right there, know, though. Maybe one week on your new show, Hit and Run, which is on every Sunday from 9 to 12.45, you'll probably have Chris Getz sit in with you for an hour and you know go over it. I think it'd be a great guest. By the way, Matt's new show, Hit and Run, from 9 to 12.45, live from Smoke Daddy Barbecue, 3636 North Clark tomorrow, 9 a.m. until 1.20. Zach Zaidman will pick up his pregame show from Smoke Daddy Barbecue after Speaks from 12.45 until 1.20. Get ready for the game with Pat and Ron after Zach's show on the Cubs Radio Network and Xfinity, the exclusive Wi-Fi uh, a provider of Wrigley Field. So that's a... For sure, on Sunday mornings from now on, I know you've enjoyed the uh, first one, and I, I know you look forward to uh, uh, our, our buddy JD mm-hmm. Jim Deshays joining you tomorrow as yeah, well. Yeah, Jim Deshays will come by and sit uh, sit in live for a couple hours there tomorrow at Smoke Daddy, and obviously we'll talk plenty of Cubs, but also that's a guy who pitched with Nolan Ryan, pitched with Mike Scott. Yeah, Tran, uh, he was a bridge to the uh, Bagwell Biggio Astros and through to young catcher Craig Biggio before he moved to second base. Maybe, maybe he'll be able to tell you how to cut a baseball the way that uh, that Dave Smith and Mike Scott and those guys oh, did so beautifully. It's it's on my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, remember Davey Johnson in the 86 uh, playoffs holding up all these balls. Look at all these balls. I have a cut in exactly the same spot. 312-644-6767. That's the number for Inside the Clubhouse. Text Matt at 67011. We're going to take a break. David Descalso from the uh, Daniel Descalso from the Chicago Cubs joining us after that break. It's 670 the score inside the clubhouse. Keep it right here. Welcome back in on 670 the score. It is me, Matt Spiegel, and it's him, Bruce Levine, on Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce, hell of a performance by Cole Hamels yesterday after Jose Quintana on Thursday night was terrific. Two very clean games, well-pitched by the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, and that's what they're looking for, you know, the back-to-back. I think more impressive than that, and, you know, as you and I talked about before the uh, show, you know, Hamels now has the lowest ERA for any pitcher uh, 10 starts at Wrigley Field in his career. It's like 180-something. 1.61 right. of any pitchers ever made at least 10 starts at Wrigley yeah, Field. That seems impossible that, to That's me. crazy good. More impressive is the 18 and two-thirds innings by the bullpen after it imploded uh, to start the season. And starting last uh, Sunday in, in Milwaukee, uh, you know, all the way through here, uh, it's been a strong point. So, you know, again, the NFL mentality of the first week of the season, Matt, where everybody, it's doom and gloom, and this is the end of the world, and the Cubs are going to finish 15 games behind the Brewers. That all starts to fade when people realize it really is 26 weeks, 162 games, mm-hmm. a long season of ups and downs. You know, you don't ex- Dodgers started out hot. Now they've lost five in a row. Uh, you know, these are these are the ebbs and flows of the baseball season that we have to get back 
to uh, understanding and get accustomed to again. You know, it's interesting as you look at the bullpen ERA around the National League and the Cubs are third worst uh, now at 5.94. That's an improvement. Milwaukee's at 4.70 after their great start. And my concern about them going into the year was the bullpen. I know you had your concerns about the starters as well. So they're pitching overall. It's like things are coming back to to the middle just a little bit. Milwaukee's nine and five. The Cubs five and eight. Here, here's the stat I like the most. Points out some of the Brewers' ups and downs too. Cody Bellinger leads baseball with eight home runs. Pitcher uh, Corbin Burns of the Brewers leads baseball, having given up eight home runs. <laughs> so that's those are the contrary uh, numbers right now. You know, you uh, the Brewers are a very good team, and they're going to hit all day long, and they're going to be there all year long. But the starting pitching to me is still a question about, you know, whether Woodford and Burns can uh, actually get through uh, four or five innings. You know, they have great arms. Uh, They were toned down to throwing two pitches out of the bullpen and they were fantastic for the Brewers last year. But can they be the starting pitchers to not wear out that bullpen, knowing that their their arms are no longer there to pick it up uh, after the starting pitcher. Do you think Carl Edwards is destined to come back here at a, at, at any point? He's really going to have to prove to them that he has uh, found himself again and can be consistent mechanically because he's been in yeah. chaos for a while now. I think the one thing that with with talented players like him and like Ian Happ going to the minor leagues is they – they have to be convinced this is not punishment and that they're not being sent there and ostracized, but sent there to find a comfort zone for who they are and what they've been able to accomplish. One guy, integral part of a championship run for the World Series in 2016. The other one, Hap, 25 homers, uh, you know, switch hitting power coming up in 2017. Um, they Once they get the idea that they're there for a purpose to find uh, their their talent once again. I think it's um, it's important. And Taylor Davis, who's the new backup catcher uh, for the Cubs until they make another deal or until um, Victor Caratini comes back from that handmade break in his hand, he'll be out about six weeks. Uh, talked about yesterday about how Hap is hitting the ball extremely hard down there, working hard. Edwards uh, is comfortable in his. Uh, release point and throwing, you know, the ball. That was a concern out of spring training with that funky new motion that was considered a balk move by Major League Baseball. Yeah, wasn't kinda, wasn't considered a balk move in the spring. Then all of a sudden there it was in Kind of threw everybody off. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, these are talented guys that – the Cubs expect to be a part, a big part of 2019. Well, I I, I don't really trust uh, Carl uh, anymore. I personally have have fallen out of the the circle of trust in terms of uh, or he's fallen out of my circle of trust. But but we'll see. It, when you pitch well and you pitch fast. The Quintana game the other night was two hours, 38 minutes. There's a one-hour delay in there, but he goes his seven, right. and then they come back and go two innings out of the pen with C-Sheck and Strope. Yesterday was another short, right. tidy game with Hamels. When you pitch that way, all of a sudden the defense is more locked in. They're more comfortable. It's the Mark Burley lesson that we learned for all those years. Yeah, you, you wish everybody could go eight innings. And, uh, you know, that, that certainly, you know, the trend to go to the bullpen early – that that's not ideal uh, early in the season. That's not what major league uh, managers are looking for, Matt. But nonetheless, you know you're stuck with that. We saw yesterday 
Ricky Renneria go to his bullpen early because it was raining out. So he went to three guys in the sixth inning uh, to get out of that inning just to try to hold on to a 7-5 lead that Giolito left behind in a you know a subpar start, even though he got better along the way. Um, you know, you start burning out your bullpen in April, you know, what do you got left in May and June? It was weird to watch that last night. It was pouring so hard for a while there in Yankee Stadium, and they just kept playing through it. It reminded me of the Rays and the uh, and the Phillies back in the World Series when Joe Madden was the manager. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's 670, the score. It's inside the clubhouse. The score is weekly baseball show, one of two, as a matter of fact. Uh, right here on a Saturday morning, I am Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine, and let's go to the guest lines and talk to a member of the Chicago Cubs, Bruce. Absolutely. Absolutely. Daniel Descalso, nice enough to take some time on a Saturday morning to join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? We're doing good. Hey, um, you know, just from the perspective of baseball getting going early and the fans and the media, you know, remembering that it's not the NFL and that it's a long season, uh, I'm sure you guys never panicked with a slow start, but uh, do you understand the angst from from fans and media when, when teams do get off to a slow start? I mean, we get it, yeah. Um, everyone wants their their team to get off to a good start, and um, you know, it's not not an ideal start for us. But it's not even April fifteenth yet, so um, we're not doing a whole lot of uh, standings checking and scoreboard watching. We know we have a good team in here, and it's just taking us a little bit longer than we would have liked to get rolling. I'm always interested, Daniel, in how the family dynamic led a guy to become the man he is, the ball player he is. You're the oldest of six kids from your family, right? That's were, correct. Were, were, were some of them ball players too? Were you the model for them as uh, as a ball player? I mean, we all uh, we all were pretty active in sports growing up. Um, my my parents took a big interest in in our uh, in our extracurricular activities. Dad coached uh, a lot of us in in baseball, softball, basketball, soccer. You know, you name the you name the season, they were they were out there supporting us. So, um, you know, they uh, they definitely pushed us to to get involved outside of school and stuff. And you know, I tried to set a good example for for the rest of the kids coming behind me. And he was an ace starting pitcher in high school for three years, Bruce. He's pitched before in the bigs. We're going to see him on a mound yeah, this year, yeah. don't you think? Uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Have you pitched in the big leagues yet? I pitched five times in the big leagues. I, I was. I had uh, I had retired nine in a row until I had to pitch in Denver last year. Uh-oh. So uh, now my ERA is a little tainted. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the elevation there, though, man, that's not yeah, on you. Yeah. That's, not, that's on not a good place to pitch. Daniel Descalso <laughs> joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Daniel, um, the reinventing of oneself and the paying attention to what it takes to stay in the major leagues after having a good career, it was interesting for me to follow you and – Kind of the way you've you've changed your your hitting approach, and uh, you know it's consistent with what's going on in baseball. Can you talk a little bit about that, and uh, you know sustaining uh, good play for a for a player like yourself? Sure. You know, in 2015, I, w- I was really struggling. Um, worst year of my career. Just felt like if I wanted to to stick around in the big leagues, um, you know, I was going to have to to try something uh, different. Um, you know, just watching other players and, and uh, you know, how how their swings were, you know, driving the ball better. And, you know, I just felt like I was – there was something more in the tank in my swing and, and I was looking for ways to unlock it. Um, so, you know, I just did a, a deep dive watching video, uh, you know, scouring the Internet, um, you know, and, and ended up concluding that I needed to, to get on plane a little sooner. Um, 
give myself a little bit more margin for error, try to drive the ball, you know, into the gaps by, by swinging, you know, slightly up instead of uh, swinging down on it. And, you know, I've just been constantly trying to, to get better over the last few years and have been able to sustain um, sustain those uh, those better numbers. And it was a determining factor for sure for the Chicago Cubs when they went after you and signed you in the offseason. So from that perspective, uh, I'm sure hopefully other young players are paying attention to that. I, I know it's not an easy dynamic to accomplish, but nonetheless seems like it's uh, gone well for you. Yeah, you know, uh, the last couple of years have uh, been a lot more productive for me um, in terms of, you know, power output, doubles, um, walks have gone up, uh, you know, along with strikeouts. But, you know, I've been getting on base more. I feel like I've been having better at bats. I've been able to to stick to my approach better, lay off those tough pitchers' pitches, and, and uh, put myself in more advantageous counts. As so many guys around the game, Daniel, are learning some of the things you've learned and starting to swing that way over the past few years, we've seen pitchers respond, right, with high fastballs and curves coming in that same kind of tunnel. Is that, is that how pitchers attack you, uh, trying, to, trying to deal with your, the angle and, 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 and shape of your swing? Well, I don't think my shape and angle is too drastic. You know, uh, you still have to be able to adjust to the way pitchers are are pitching you. You can't just go up there with one swing. You have to be able to, if a guy is attacking you with high fastballs, maybe you have to to flatten out a little bit and think and think a little more on top and aim a little higher on the baseball. Um, mm. You know, it just depends on, on the certain pitcher. But, you know, if you get into a good count where, you know, he's got to challenge you with a fastball and he makes a mistake, you know, with something you can drive, then – and you should be able to handle that, but you still have to be able to adjust to, to the way pitchers are pitching. You you can't just go up there and thinking they're going to throw the ball, you know, right down the middle and into your swing path. Daniel, uh, looking at uh, the mid-range player or the player who hopes to have a you know a seven to ten year career and that has to grind every day, you know, a player like yourself who's already had a very good good career, how do you look at the the signings for? some of the big-name guys and the younger guys in the game over the last two months and uh, how that will impact the median player in baseball as time goes on and we get closer to a, a new uh, a, a new uh, plan between the players and the owners after 2021. Well, it does seem like, seem like that, uh, that middle-of-the-road player, that, that 30, 31, 32-year-old free agent is sort of getting marginalized and, and pushed out. Um, you know, they, they see the de- maybe decline in performance or uh, decline in, in physical fitness, whatever, at, at that point in your in your life. So they're not willing to give out um, those multiple-year deals or even one-year deals to those type of players. But, you know, for me, I, I think I, I was fortunate that my the best years of my career have come recently. So I was able to, you know, sign with a, with a winning organization for, for a couple of years. So, um, you know, we'll see. The, that's kind of the way the game's going right now, and, and it's unfortunate, but... You know, there's not a whole lot we can do at this point. Do you feel there's a possibility that owners are trying to separate the, the big contract guys from the median players as as we approach 2021, or is that is that too too far fetched thinking ahead like that? I mean, I, I can't speak for uh, for the owners. That's that's far above my pay grade. Right. You, know? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just here trying to trying to help the Cubs win games, um, trying to be uh, be impactful any way that I can. 
He's Daniel Descalso, uh, the newest, well, one of the newest Chicago Cubs. So, you know, for decades we've heard about the Cardinals' way and just how they seem to to build very smart all-around players. Maybe you were that already, coming from UC Davis, a, a really, really good college career. But were you conscious of an organizational philosophy throughout the Cardinals as you came up drafted in 2007? Was there a manual? Did they hand you a book and say this is the Cardinals' way? Uh, contrary to popular belief, I never received a, a physical manual or a, a handbook that said that this is the Cardinal way. Uh, I think they they do a really good job, and they did a really good job over there uh, of drafting players, um, you know, and just identifying like a winning type player that had good skill set along with, um, you know, that, that winning mindset, that winning mentality, guys that were going to work hard, um, not be deterred by maybe some failures. So, but they definitely instilled winning as an important uh, attribute. You know, coming up through the minor leagues, they valued uh, winning minor league uh, championships and playing in those minor league playoff games. Even though it was the minor leagues, they felt like that if you've played in some meaningful games down there, that when you do get to the big leagues, maybe you know that the pressure won't be as much or won't be as big of a leap. So, you know, I think they emphasize winning, the attention to detail, a lot of history over there with guys like. Uh, you know, George Kissel, um, you know, teaching the fundamentals from way back. And, you know, they just put a lot of value on, on winning and, and, and winning baseball. Hey, uh, Daniel, when you talked about your swing and having different kinds of swings, and as you talk about being the kind of player that you learned how to be, uh, it, boy, I think that what they want, what the Cubs want is everybody to have that kind of approach at the plate, right? That maybe you look to drive a ball, but when there's two strikes, you change up a little bit and, and, and hit situationally, go to that B swing. Is, is, is that something you guys talk about as a team? Well, I just think it's, you, you have to be able to, to make adjustments, uh, from pitch to pitch, from a bat to a bat, from pitcher to pitcher out there. Um, you know, you can't just go up there trying to do the same thing every time just because of, there's a variety of situations that come up during the game, uh, different pitchers you're going to face. So, um, you know, maybe you have to shorten up against one guy. Maybe you have to look in different spots against other guys. It's just, you know, knowing yourself, knowing your swing, knowing what the guy on the mound is going to try to do to you, knowing the, the catcher behind the plate, if you got some experience against him, how he likes to call pitches against you. It's just that that chess match and, and having a plan and, and being able to execute that plan and stick to that plan throughout the at-bat and throughout the game. Daniel, in closing with you, and Matt and I really appreciate your time today. I know you got to get to work here very quickly. How many different gloves do you bring to a game? How many different uh, uh, types of uh, in, in pregame activities go out there and take, uh, take uh, grounders and throws from the different positions to be ready? Yeah, you know, uh, unfortunately I was hurt during – in the last few weeks of spring training, so I didn't get to bounce around to as many positions as I, as I normally do to get ready for the season. But, you know, I've got my glove for second, a little bigger one for third. I have an outfield glove, and then I've got a first-base glove, too. So I got, I've got i got four that, that come with me to the ballpark that, that could be uh, used on a moment's notice. How do you get that arm extended out? <laughs> What's that? How do you get that arm extended out for every position? Oh, you know, I play long toss. Um, you know, I, I always have had a pretty strong arm, so... I try to just, uh, you know, you, you can you can get caught when you play second too much just flipping balls over to first base. So I try to bounce over to third and just make sure that, uh, you know, I keep my arm strength up by, by throwing some across the diamond every once in a while. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it, and uh, have a great day. We'll see you out at the ballpark. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Daniel. Daniel Descalso. You know, not only, I think, is he going to pitch, that sounds like a guy who could play all nine positions one day, doesn't it? It would be fun in a blowout game, <laughs> right? Right, right. Yeah. In some ridiculous game. The last one I remember was uh, Steve Lyons uh, with the White Sox. Uh, 
back in the late 80s. I remember uh, him uh, playing nine positions. Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, I think it was um, Scott Fletcher do it when he was with the Rangers. Uh, that jumping into my head. I, I don't. I Bert don't think Campanaris, so. obviously. Bert Cesar Tovar. Yeah. Uh, nine positions in a game, folks. The internet exists yeah, for know, a Dan reason. Dan McNeil thinks uh, Cesar Tovar is a Jewish hound. Yes, he, he wishes me that every, yes. every year. <laughs> and a Cesar Tovar to you. Shane Halter is who I'm thinking of. Shane Halter, Scott Sheldon, Andrew Romine played all nine positions. Yeah. So there's uh, there's been a few. But yeah. uh, I, I wish you a happy Cesar Tovar. Yeah, same to you, well. Matt, mm-hmm. uh, coming up soon. Uh, we have more. Uh, we're going to have open lines for all of you in the second hour here after we've been guest intensive here at 312 644 6767. Text Matt at 6711. There's a uh, White Sox connection to Daniel Discalso I want to bring up as well. But phone lines 312 644 6767. It's inside the clubhouse on the score. It's 670 to score. It's inside the clubhouse. Matt Spiegel and Bruce Levine here. Want to talk uh, some Cubs over the last two-game win streak at the top of the hour. But first, let's hit the phone lines a little bit here, Bruce. This is Mike downtown on the score. Hello, Mike. What's up? Good morning, guys. And first of all, shame on you for ever mentioning the name Steve Lyons and they re- on a pretty day. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, um, there was an interesting conversation on player development uh, on the White Sox, and I like your perspective. Jim Margulis, who I think you know a lot of Sox fans follow, had a podcast this week in which he raised the question of whether Coop has lost his magic, and he was pointing at the the lack of development, and I think it's fair to say a lack of development of um, Giolito, uh, Lopez, and I think uh, Rodon, and he said the question is whether or not Coop can't connect with these guys. Mm-hmm. I know the Sox are not a meritocracy. I know that Coop has a job for life, but we're not <laughs> developing pitchers. And uh, Getz, you know, Getz didn't instill a lot of excitement in me because we don't have much on the farm. Where have the Sox gone wrong in developing young pitchers? I appreciate the call. Uh, Matt, uh, I, I still think Don Cooper has his thing. You, you're just going to have to give them a little bit more talent. Uh, and the development has to start way before Don Cooper, okay? You know, Lopez had a good year last year, very good year. He's had three bad starts so far this year. But he, he pitched 188 innings with a sub-4 ERA. Uh, he was great down the stretch. It's a weird regression for Lopez, uh, who had a, a, a very low ERA right. over his so last I, seven I would, I would get crazy about that right now. Uh, Giolito uh, is Giolito. He has rediscovered some velo that he didn't have for the last three years, and you saw it late in that game yesterday, late for him in the sixth inning when he came out. He was thrown 95-96 when he walked a guy and gave up a hit and came out. But uh, he he has developed a new uh, arm swing and a new way to approach to go about his business. So we're going to have to watch him evolve. And that was Don Cooper right there with uh, the the new way of uh, approaching Giolito. The thing about you know uh, Rodon is he's got to be able to be healthy and out there 32 times. He hasn't done that yet. So uh, again, early part of the year here, not too uh, a little too quick to say Don Cooper has lost his magic. Uh, I just think you you need more talent. It's the same thing with um, the hitting instructor and and the way that people have come after him over the last few years. How about having some better hitters 
for them to work with. And I think you're starting to see that with Todd Steverson, that he's going to be able to help guys get better when you have better talent. I um, I disagree with the caller about Carlos Rodon. I think he has developed quite a bit. Lopez, this is a very odd start. Let's wait and see the sample get a little bigger to see if it's a, a true big-time step back. Uh, Giolito is the one I want to see Coop get somewhere with, and I know that he was behind the changes, as you said, but then Giolito had one good one and then one real bad one, and then Picked up a win last night, but was not special over those five innings. So we'll be watching for that. Thanks for the call, Mike. More of your phone calls on the Cubs and the Sox. It is inside the clubhouse on 670. The score. We'll talk about Jose Quintana's start on Thursday night and just how big that might have been to get the Cubs rolling. It's the score. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.